Welcome to the Peter King Podcast. It's a new year. It's a new season. It's fun. It's trading camp time. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know, when people ask me what I like about this job, I tell them, you know, basically the month that I'm mostly out and about at training camps. The reason why it's so fun and so great is that it's one of the only times all year where you go into a place, it's a captive audience, you can talk to almost anybody you want to talk to, and they're O and O. Everybody's optimistic. The Lions are optimistic. The Jaguars are optimistic. It's just, it's a good time uh, to basically get reacquainted, to get going on who's going to be good, who's not going to be good, and all that stuff. So I'll explain a little bit about my trip uh, as we go through the podcast. But uh, you see me right now, I'm in my home office, you know, in Brooklyn, New York, if you're watching this and if you're listening, you know, I'm not out at a camp. When I do this podcast next week, I'll be in Nashville. When I do the podcast the week after, I will be in St. Joseph, Missouri, <laughs> you know, at Tennessee and Kansas City, res uh, respectively. Um, but I wanted to uh, tell you a little bit about just this week, and then we'll do some housekeeping items, and then I'll talk about football. So this week, you're going to hear from two guests. I mean, how about having the first two guests of the podcast season be Devontae Adams and Josh Allen? I mean, we're probably not going to do any better than that this year on the podcast. So we'll hear from them a little bit later on uh, in the pod. I'm right now on a short break, a three-day break in between my trips to see the Raiders and the Bills over the weekend. And my trip resumes Thursday of this week uh, when I'll see the Patriots up in Foxborough. Now, if I'm lucky, I also might catch a glimpse of, uh, of Elton John. He's doing his Goodbye Yellow Brick Road tour uh, in Foxborough this week. I've already seen it, by the way. Uh, I saw it when he was in Brooklyn a couple of months ago. It was a really, really good show. You know, when I was a kid, Elton John was my guy. So, boy, I'll tell you what, that dates me, doesn't it? But... Um, Anyway, I digress here. You know, let's talk a little bit about football. First of all, it is so great to be back. It's so much fun to be back. It's so cool to be thinking about a new season. This is my, uh, this is going to be my 39th year covering the National Football League. I started in 1984 covering the Cincinnati Bengals uh, for a newspaper in Cincinnati. The Inquirer did so much uh, to educate me and to help set me up in my career. But anyway, so this is year 39. And, you know, when I think about, especially this year, I think about how many different teams really have a chance. And uh, look, I think, the like so many people, I think the Bills are the best team in football. But so many teams really have a chance. We're going to get to what I saw with the Raiders and the Bills in just a few minutes. I want to do a couple of housekeeping items first. So I'll be doing the podcast solo for a few weeks here, at least at the start of the season. 
we're still trying to figure out exactly how we're going to format it and how we're going to do it this year. But anyway, I'll be doing it solo. But I do want to thank Paul Burmeister. So our paths have diverged a little bit right now. But Paul Burmeister really lifted the quality of this podcast tremendously. Loved working with him. Uh, we had a great time together. Uh, and so I just want to say thanks to Paul for everything he did for this podcast. Uh, great co-host and also a great friend. Um, I want to also tell you a little bit about what's going on at NBC in terms of where you can see everything that I do and where you can see every all the football content at NBC. So... Obviously, I'm going to have so much content, interviews out of every camp, uh, my Football Morning in America column, my thoughts about every camp from the sidelines of every place I go. Uh, so you can see all of this training camp tour content at NBCSports.com slash Peter King. That's NBCSports.com slash Peter King. All one word. Even though Peter is one name, King is another name. At NBC Sports, we just think of me as Peter King, no space. Anyway, that's NBCSports.com slash Peter King. You can see our YouTube playlist, my podcast, and you can also catch me on Pro Football Talk. I'm really happy that the uh, NFL on NBC YouTube channel also launch this week so you can see all things NFL on NBC at the NFL on NBC YouTube channel. So that will be a hub for all of the fantasy football information, all the betting information, all the NFL content throughout the NBC empire. Subscribe for the latest this year. So on with the show. Um, just so that you all might understand this. And, and, and I think Chris Sims put this out on Twitter on Monday that uh, it seemed like I big-timed Josh Allen uh, because he stuck his hand out to shake my hand at the end of the uh, conversation I had with him after practice on Sunday in uh, Pittsburgh, New York. But I didn't. I never saw his hand <laughs> for like 12 or 13 seconds. So... Uh, I'll explain exactly what happened with that and how we sort of had a good time with it. Um, but I, I also just wanted to tell you a little bit about uh, the beginning of my tour and where else I'll be going in the course of the next month. So uh, I really wanted to start with the two Hall of Fame teams, uh, which was Jacksonville uh, and the Raiders. Unfortunately, the Jaguars were not starting practice until Monday of this week. And so in order to get something about the Jags in my column from a practice, it just wasn't going to work this week. So I started looking around for other teams. I could see the Raiders on Saturday in Vegas. And I started looking around for other teams. And I saw that the Bills were going to be practicing Sunday. And I said, this is some insanity right here. But... I am going to do the uh, Vegas, Pittsburgh, New York commute to see how that works. And just to let you know, here was the fun part of it. So we had to take the red eye out of Vegas 
Uh, I left the Raiders facility about 7.30 Saturday evening, spent some time with Josh McDaniels, the, the new coach there. And we left there, and I ended up going to the airport, and we flew to Detroit, connected, my producer and I, Kelsey Bartles, um, connected in Detroit and flew to Rochester, New York, got in a car and drove 20 minutes to Bill's camp, and we were right on time for the start of practice at about 9.45 Sunday morning. So uh, I don't recommend that, really. I don't recommend that little jaunt, um, especially for getting a good night's sleep. But uh, the way I'm going to talk in this podcast, at least this, this podcast this week, talk a little bit about my impressions of the Raiders, uh, then you're going to hear from Devontae Adams. Talk a little bit my, about my impressions of the Bills, and then I'm going to get to my interview with Josh Allen. At the end of that interview, I'll tell you a little bit about the rest of my trip, some of the places I'll be going, some of the things I'll be doing, and then we will, um, we will post this, and you can have a lot of fun with it. So a few things about Las Vegas. First of all, as you know, if you've been to Vegas in the middle of the summer, it's a little bit like going to the surface of the moon. Um, it's other than, uh, you know, either inside with the air conditioning or on the very well manicured places like the Raiders practice fields, most of outside that isn't glitz and glamour is pretty desolate <laughs> in, in Las Vegas. Uh, but, uh, we landed uh, in Las Vegas on Friday afternoon. It was 112. And, uh, and then Saturday, it was actually very, very nice, relatively speaking. It was about 100 degrees, but there was no sun. There was cloud cover, which was absolutely perfect. When I saw Josh McDaniels there, he said, can you believe this? Perfect weather. And I said, well, I don't know about perfect. He said, Peter, it was 111 yesterday when we practiced. So um, they practice in the morning to try to get it to be a little bit cooler. You know, I said to Josh McDaniels, um, you know, who I've known for a while, you know, here's the odd part of, of how this whole thing works. You know, all the training camp stuff. You're, you're in most places only for a day, sometimes two, but mostly for a day. So you're, you're a little bit of a victim about what you see. You know, but this was the third practice for the Raiders. I was extremely impressed with how much, especially on offense, how much they know, how much of the offense they've got, how confident particularly the receivers looked. Uh, I thought Mac Hollins, who's battling for the third receiver job with Demarcus Robinson and, uh, and a few other guys, um, to me... I, I thought that the offense looked pretty smooth. And there was one play that really stuck out to me, and that was a play that Hunter Renfro, the uh, wide receiver, made. It was a diving catch. Uh, they're not in full pads yet, and uh, it's you know, late July. The season's not for another six weeks. And I just thought to myself, man, he absolutely sold out with no equipment on, sold out to try to catch this ball. 
And afterwards, uh, uh, Devontae Adams, you'll hear about it in here. He really praises the catch and, and all that. But I found it really interesting afterwards when I mentioned this to Josh McDaniels. He goes, you know, one of the things that Bill Belichick always taught me is he said, practice is the most important thing that we do. And, you know, in, in other words, you know, you play like you practice. And that's what uh, Josh McDaniels, one of the things, many things, obviously, he took from his New England experience. He's bringing it here. That, to me, was a very positive sign. The one other thing before we get to Devontae Adams I do want to tell you is that, you know, I had asked if it would be possible for me to, you know, get behind the curtain a little bit with the Raiders, maybe see a meeting, maybe see how he's forming a bond uh, with Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels, Derek Carr. So McDaniels has a little... Uh, Meeting. Sometimes he has it out on the practice field with Derek Carr. Sometimes he has it uh, over to the side in the hallway, whatever. It's nothing really formal. But he had a 17-minute meeting with Derek Carr after lunch and before they went into their afternoon meetings. And this meeting was all about the little things, the very little things that they want to clean up. And so I want to just read you a couple of paragraphs from my column this week because this is one of the things I love about covering the NFL. It's that the most minute things have great meaning and the most minute things, in my opinion, can win or lose a game for a team during the course of the year. So he's talking about, Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr are talking about a particular block that they want the right tackle to make on the defender in front of him when a certain pass route is called in the huddle. And so McDaniels went over this with Carr. He even allowed Carr to name the block. Like when this name comes into the huddle during uh, the, the, the play call, the right tackle will understand, okay, on this play, I have to make this execute this particular block. So I'm just going to read this to you now. This meeting between Carr and McDaniels encapsulated exactly what is so fascinating about the guts of this sport. You'll understand the importance of it as I explain. One of the coaching points McDaniels needed to go over with Carr was what he wanted the right tackle to do on a pass route the Raiders will use this year. McDaniels let Carr name the wrinkle on this specific block. The word he'd use in the huddle, meaning what one of the 11 people in the huddle should do upon the snap of the ball. The whole thing took two minutes and 11 seconds for McDaniels and Carr to iron out. But think of it. If the tackle performs his block correctly, it could mean a 30-yard gain on this play and maybe a touchdown. If the tackle fails to execute the block correctly, it could mean a loss of one. Think of the minute coaching points that add up to a complete offense. Think of McDaniel spending two minutes on July 23rd instructing Carr on one point for one player on a play that might be called eight times all season. 
This is not entertaining. This is not compelling. It won't be a headline in the press. It won't be a highlight on SportsCenter. But McDaniels said a day later when I asked about him, it's real, it's football, and it's important. So when people say, what's your favorite time of the year? I love going to training camps. This is one of the reasons why. You learn so much. You get to see so much. You get to see the real. And uh, so anyway, I just wanted to pass that along. Some of you may have read it in my column uh, on Monday, Football Morning in America. But if you didn't, I wanted you just to get the guts of uh, one of the things that I love and one of the things that's so valuable for me about going to training camps. So let's listen to my uh, conversation with Devontae Adams in camp. Um, and just keep this in mind, you know, Devonte Adams, I've got him out on the field. By this time, the sun had come out. It was 106 and he was in no hurry. We had a nice chat. We spent a little bit of time before and after. So, um, my, uh, thanks to Devonte Adams, uh, for, you know, being a good sport, uh, in a, sort of a difficult time, but here's my conversation with the new wide receiver of the Las Vegas Raiders, Devontae Adams. Peter King here at Raiders Camp in Nevada with Devontae Adams, the newest Raider. Devontae, 2013, the last time you played with Derek Carr. Yeah. 131 catches at Fresno State, Mm -hmm. 24 touchdowns. What was your chemistry like then, and what's it like now? Well, I mean, Derek talked about it a little bit, I think, yesterday um, and maybe a little bit in the past. Um, I mean, we got off to a great start because as soon as I got there, I did redshirt, but, um, you know, he was, which it wasn't very uh, common, I feel like, at that point for, for guys to be throwing with some of the redshirt guys. Usually it's the guys that are just playing, but he would, he would kind of push me up to the front of the line with some of those guys that were, you know, the starters at that point just in anticipation for, you know, what was, you know, to come, just based off, I guess, what he has seen from me. So we, we kind of had a chance to build some of that camaraderie early on. And then, um, you know, we, we, we gelled early, and he was obviously one of my good friends. So when, you, when you're good friends, that can obviously help your, your connection on the field as well. So spent a lot of time together and, and obviously on the field um, doing what we did, and then we were able to kind of take some of that on onto, you know, game days and, and make a lot of that. and. Uh, you know, I was one of those targets for him and, and became kind of a reliable guy for him and, um, you know, just kind of built off of that and, and took it into that next year. You know, that was early on and then took it into that next year, my first year red shirt and um, or my, my red shirt freshman year, rather, where, you know, we were able to kind of put some pr- production together and then snowball into that next year. Um, we started off decently quick and then, you know, once we got to kind of like the middle of the season, that's when things kind of really took off. And then, uh, you know, I started building more confidence in myself. He built more confidence in his self. And from that, you know, the, the connection, you know, continued to build. And, um, you know, 24 touchdowns later, we were able to kind of put together a decent resume. So when you went to the Packers, he went to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think you would play on a team with Derek Carr? 
I mean, you never know, man. Once you, once you once you kind of go separate ways like that, you never really think that it's it's going to happen. You you know obviously know um, you know at some point it, it possibly can happen, but a lot of things kind of got to go right. Got to you know they had Amari Cooper here for a while too as as well. So you know at that point I'm thinking you know it's not it's not likely, but then things shift on and then you know time goes by and then. You see opportunity, and then you uh, you know you execute like how we did now, and make it a reality. Do you think you're here more because you couldn't reach a financial agreement with the Packers, or more because you really wanted to be in Las Vegas? Yeah, I mean, it was it's a, a lot went into it. Obviously, it's a, it, I don't have to sit here with you until until tomorrow talking about <laughs> everything, but. Um, you know, it was, it was mainly um, what I felt was best for myself, my career, and my family, being here, you know, closer to, to home, being able to have my family have an opportunity to come and see me play more. Being in Green Bay, it's not the easiest place to get to. It's, you know, my grandma had never been and in, in seen me play. Um, Your grandmother never was in Lambeau Field? Never been in Lambeau Field. So wow. to be able to be closer to home and, and obviously playing with one of my, you know, great friends since, you know, for 10 years plus, um, you know, obviously that was a big factor for me. What would you say is the biggest difference between catching a football from Aaron Rodgers and catching a football from Derek? That's probably the the most frequently asked question, yeah. and I never have a great answer for it. Um, you know, they're both great quarterbacks, and they they both can can put the ball wherever they pretty much want to. So um, there's a lot of similarities, but you know, going from anytime you change quarterbacks, it's going to be an adjustment. So getting back on the on the same page with Derek is what I'm what I'm interested in now. What's your memory, your fondest memory, your legacy thought? about your career in Green Bay? Um, that's a tough question. I mean, there's, there's millions of things that run through my head when I think about my time there. I mean, you spend eight years. I've never been on a team for, you know, the same team for eight years in my career, whether it was, you know, high school or whatever. You know, you get four years there, and I only played two. And then in, in Fresno, I played two years. So it's tough to, to really match what, what uh, you know, the, the great experiences that I had out there, you know, amazing fan base. Um, you know, obviously was was able to get deep into the playoffs multiple times. I mean, I played in four NFC Championship games, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to pinpoint one thing in particular, but many memories, a lot of people that I, you know, a lot of connections between coaches and players that, you know, I really cherish those those times that I had with those guys. And, um, yeah, had a, had, a, had a blast out there for, I mean, almost a decade now. So, um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of good people, a lot of good times. It looks like you've got some really good weapons that you're playing with yeah you look out there and you see particularly like Darren Waller who is just kind of a man among boys yeah. as a tight end but how do you look at the sort of the weaponry that you guys have here with the Raiders and how it might impact your game well, I mean, I'm, I'm surrounded by a bunch of playmakers, a lot of guys that have been doing it for, you know, at a high level for, for some time now. So it just makes, you know, my job easier. It makes it tougher on defenses, obviously. Um, you know, you got you got plenty of guys. I mean, our entire offense is, is weapon. So um, it doesn't mean anything until you put the work in and really go out there and, and reprove it year, year after year, really game after game. So we're just trying to stack days right now and get to a point where we're happy and, and we can really maximize our potential. You're in a tough division. Yeah really tough mm -hmm. how do you look at that right now it's a challenge for sure but that's you know the type of players that we have on this team the mentality that we have is that's that's what's you know 
excites me most about coming to the Raiders is knowing that, you know, it's, it's never going to be easy. We never got to, I mean, but that's that's kind of what keeps guys on their toes, really. You play your best ball when you have to kind of rise to the to the occasion, and um, we definitely have to do that week in and week out. Do you believe you'll finish your career with the Raiders? I hope so. I hope so. I, you know, I can't, I'm not really looking past today right now. I still got a lot, a long day ahead of us today, so trying to really focus on that, see, you know, what I can do. You know, the first game I, I enter with the Raiders and, um, you know, as I as we progress and, and make a lot of, you know, I'm, main thing is I'm really enjoying my teammates, really enjoying the coaches and, and the, you know, um, and, you know, everybody on the on the on the third floor. So it's, it's been amazing so far and just trying to trying to focus on day after day right now. Thanks, Devontae. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Peter King here at the Raiders for NBC Sports. So let's move on to my time with the Bills, uh, my day with the Bills in, at St. John Fisher College in Pittsburgh, New York. It's about two hours from Buffalo. Uh, I would say they estimated this is the first practice of the summer. The place is rabid over the Bills. There are 5,500 people there. Um, and I'm just, look, this really dates me. But when I was a kid, one of my first memories about big stars is when the Beatles got off a plane in New York City. This was, I think, 64, might have been 63, but I think it was 64. And they get off a plane in New York and all the news footage at the time is these girls shrieking like, you know, there's thousands of young women at the airport screaming for Paul McCartney, John Lennon, George Harrison, Ringo Starr. And in many ways, that's what, when Josh Allen left the field and when he went to a couple of different places to sign autographs, what you saw. And it, it, just people shrieking, just, you know, like, Unbelievable. Wow, Josh Allen, our hero is here. He's really made a big impact. Uh, we'll get to my conversation with him in a moment. But he's really made a huge impact on not only the team, because obviously the Buffalo Bills are, I think most people think they're the favorite to get to the Super Bowl, probably win the Super Bowl this year. But he's also really made a mark in the city. He was really important in the... Um, in the bills when they went to try to comfort some of the relatives, families, and civic leaders after the Tops Market massacre in May in Buffalo. Uh, the bills took six buses over there. Uh, as Josh Allen told me, he said, you know, imagine that, uh, that Stefan Diggs was not with us in our off-season program at that time. He flew to Buffalo just so that he could go and help comfort the people at the site of that shooting. And um, so I wrote a little bit about it this week, and I think it's the sign of the, the increasing maturity and leadership, not only on the team, but in the community uh, in Buffalo. I, I had an interesting little conversation with Sean McDermott when I was there, the coach of the Bills. And, you know, he was talking to me a little bit about how much they wanted to go out to uh, the site of the shooting. And they wanted to do it because he said, we really need to help heal this community. When you have a, uh, a sports franchise that's incredibly popular, 
that's when you can see how important it is. And he brought up uh, David Ortiz when a few years ago after the Boston Marathon bombing, David Ortiz took the microphone at Fenway Park and he said, this is our bleeping city. Now, <laughs> Josh Allen is not David Ortiz in Buffalo yet, <laughs> what David Ortiz is in Boston. But I think the point was just really, I, I, it really hit me that uh, there are so many people in Buffalo who were looking for some salve, who were looking for a civic Band-Aid. And I think the Bills provided it. And at the head of the, the, head of the delegation was Josh Allen. Um, so I think that's the one thing that, one of the things that really hit me there. Two other things. So you probably remember last year in the playoff game against Kansas City when they lost in overtime. But remember how incredible Gabriel Davis was that day? Gabriel Davis, the, uh, who up to now has been a much lesser fiddle, you know, the, the second fiddle type guy to, um, uh, to Stephon Diggs. And even in 2020, he was much lesser than uh, you know, then several guys on the roster, um, you know, including Beasley, um, you know, who now is no longer with the, with the Bills. But I just think at some point he has morphed into a guy who is going to be a big star in this league. The Bills love him. He gets along great with Diggs. He gets along great with Josh Allen. He is a worker bee. And after practice on Sunday, uh, I saw him go over to the jugs machine and I just watched him for maybe 75 balls he caught out of the jugs machine. And the thing that you notice sometimes with receivers is, okay, even though he's got gloves on, his hands are so soft. Like the ball comes into his hands. If you've ever seen this drill, you know what a jugs machine is. It's this machine with two wheels on it and they put a football in the middle of it and the football comes out at 70 miles an hour or whatever and it comes right at the guy and he's got to try to catch it. I mean, what was so incredible, you really couldn't hear the, the slap on the hands. It was just, it was soft. And... I found it was so, you could see, he's practiced it so much. It was so easy for him that I just came away thinking, I had a good talk with Brandon Bean, the general manager, about him, and I could just tell the affection that this organization has in this third-year player from Central Florida. But anyway, that was one other thought. And then Von Miller. I wrote about Von Miller in my column this week, and what really interested me is that Look, he made a decision that was hard. Von Miller, at the age of 33, really wanted to play the rest of his career for the Rams. There's no shame in saying that. There's no shame in saying, man, it's really going to hurt to not play with the Rams this year. And at some point, he's going to be, I mean, he is already a good teammate. I talked to a lot of guys about him. Uh, very well respected inside that, that locker room right now. But I think I, I've gotten, after I wrote what I wrote in which he said, it's going to be very hard for me, quite honestly, because I love those guys on the Rams. I love Aaron Donald, love 
uh, McVeigh, all that stuff. And I got a lot of, I got a couple of emails and a lot on Twitter about, hey, dude, you know, let's, let's move on now. Come on, let's move on. He will. He has. He's going to. But when you make a decision that shocks you to your core, he never thought he was going to leave the Rams. But when you make a decision, and it's hard to criticize him, when in one place he probably would have signed for, maybe he would have been there, maybe he would have signed for longer, probably would have gotten, I'm just guessing, 18 or 20 million guaranteed. And you go to the Bills and you're getting, I think the number is 50 million guaranteed. Uh, and the deal is longer. And I understand he's got a lot of money right now. He shouldn't make a decision for money. But all I can say is that is a lot of money to turn down if he did not sign with Buffalo. And he signed with the best team in football with this great quarterback, Josh Allen. And he knows that. He realizes that. But I just appreciate his honesty. Anyway, now I'm going to tell you about the, uh, <laughs> the busted handshake with Josh Allen. Some of you may have seen it. Um, it was kind of all over social media. Of all the words I wrote in my column, I think none of them mattered. The only thing that mattered was me leaving Josh Allen hanging on a handshake for 12 seconds. But I'll explain to you exactly what happened. The way we do these interviews after practice is I talk to a guy for seven, eight minutes. Uh, and then I say, hey, thanks. I turn to the camera and say, hey, at Bill's camp, in Pittsburgh, New York, for NBC Sports, this is Peter King. And so I did that, and I paused for a second, and I looked back, and he's, he's holding his hand out, and he said to Kelsey Bartles, who was doing the uh, taping, he goes, did you get that? And yeah, she got it. And so on Monday morning, I didn't even know. I knew the video was out, but it was just a funny little moment. And then obviously I shook hands with him, but the video came out, and Chris Sims said, Man, you got to be a pretty famous writer to leave the best quarterback in football hanging the way Peter King did with Josh Allen. Anyway, it was funny. It was cute. Josh Allen's a good sport, and I appreciated it. Let's get to my conversation with Josh Allen. We talk a little bit about um, you know, his, his uh, uh, tops market experience going there, how he's still disturbed by it, and you're really going to like his autograph story later in this conversation. Here's me with Josh Allen in Pittsburgh, New York. Peter King with NBC Sports here at Buffalo Bills training camp, and I'm joined by Josh Allen. And Josh, I wonder, I saw a quote from you a few weeks ago that talked about people coming up to you and say, man, what a great game you guys played against Kansas City, how exciting it was. And you said, man, do they realize we we lost? Yeah, and that game still hurts. Does it still hurt? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, there's there's ways that we could have found a way to win that game, and it is what it is, and we're going to learn from it. But yeah, that's something that it's our last game. That's you know we always want to end the season on a win, and um, unfortunately, there's 31 teams that don't do that. You know, in terms of winning the Super Bowl and and whatnot. But again, you know, we'll we'll learn from it. We'll be better from it. It's going to fuel us. Um, and I, got, I know a lot of guys on the team, mostly everybody that was here last year, feels the same way. At least you helped get a dumb rule change. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't do anything for that. They, yeah. Again, I was, 
people want to talk about me trying. I, I was completely fine with it. You know, that's that's how the rule's been written. I think it, you know, it obviously happened to Kansas City the year before that they won the Super Bowl. New England got the ball and never gave it back. So, you know, at that point, I, I understood it is what it is, and I, I'm not complaining about it. But um, it will be nice, you know, if we're ever in that position again to get the ball back. Yeah. So, what did you do this off season? to become a better player, to improve your game, if anything? Yeah, I mean, again, um, the first part of the offseason was very, very heavy in recovery, letting my body kind of heal up and took a lot of dings last year and, and understanding where I can be better in, in that process, not taking hits, not taking useless hits, getting out of bounds, sliding. So in terms of just watching film and, and understanding what, like I said, when the decision is to maybe put the shoulder down or to slide or get out of bounds. So I think that's one aspect that I've um, started looking at and incorporating in kind of my plan. Because um, again, the best ability is availability and I want to be available for this team and be on the field. And secondly, just again, watching film, understanding defense is a little better. Um, you know, having my eyes in better spots during, during our concepts, our zone concepts, picking guys and um, really flowing off of what they're doing. You know, I, I've had a lot of conversations with Jordan Palmer. Had a really good conversation actually with Tony Romo not too long ago at the American Century. And just in terms of things I can look at where my eyes should be in certain concepts. So, um, yeah, that's that's a couple ways. Jordan Palmer's been a big help. Yeah. He he's, good... he's like my big brother right there. Yeah. yeah. He's been awesome. Um, I want to ask you, I was at the, the Patriots playoff game. And... I don't know that I've ever seen a team or maybe a quarterback play a more flawless game, especially against a quality opponent. When you look back at that day, at that night, what do you think of? It was pretty cold. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was very cold. Um, again, guys executed at a high level. You know, it took offensive, defensive side of the ball. It took our special teams too. You know, you talk about taking the win out of cells, Micah Hyde running over there and picking that ball off in the end zone. They were putting together a nice little drive there to, to kind of uh, try to get back in it. Trade yeah. it and relay after our first drive. And I think that's the play, like, just took the win, like I said, took the win out of the cells and allowed us to go out there and kind of play free, understand that our defense, you know, was going to make some plays this game. So, um, you know, that, that was a fun game. It was a good game. Um, one that a lot of Bills fans are going to talk about for a long time, but in terms of what we're doing, it was it was to the next week, and uh, that's kind of how we are now. In the off season, I saw you uh, being very supportive in your community when the tragedy at the top supermarket happened, and you really kind of emerged as a leader in that whole move. So, what was it about that that made you want to go out there? and kind of comfort those people. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at it, you know, as a team as a whole, um, you know, Coach McDermott kind of said, raise your hands if anybody wants to go out there and show support. There was not a single hand down. Everybody in our team that was at OTAs, you saw Stefan Diggs fly in that day just to be there, show his support for the community. Um, you know, it's something that still, it still just feels very, very wrong, feels very weird. But again, to have and share that experience, show our support for the community. Um, and we got to continue to find ways to not let it just be like a one-off thing. You know, we want to continue to show that we support this community, you know, from all of Western New York. And I think, you know, it brought the community closer together. We had Micah Hyde's charity softball game the next day. Um, so again, it, it it's still, again, within the locker room, it's still tough. I know in the community, it's still tough. 
um, you know, and we're still talking about ways of, of which we can help. Last thing, when you look at the great expectations that this team has, can that be a distraction? Do you care that everybody on God's green earth is picking you to win the Super Bowl? Does any of that stuff matter to you? None of that stuff matters to anybody on this team. Our expectations are, are where they need to be. You know, we're going into the season as every season, as every team should, is our plan, our goal is to win the Super Bowl. You, you, fan to plow, you, you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So our plan, again, putting our, our standard and playoff caliber, Coach McDermott talks about it all the time. Um, again, just coming out here, working, try to be the best, best version of ourselves each and every day in order to try to achieve our goal, and that's to win the Super Bowl. So um, our expectations are higher than what anybody else can put on us, and we're going to stick to that. Isn't it kind of interesting when you come out to practice, people are screaming at you. It sort of reminds me when I was a kid of how they screamed for the Beatles, you know, when they came to the United States. How, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you think of that? What's no, it, that like for you? There, there's one memory in my mind that, like, as you say, Beatles, we had just clinched a playoff berth against the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and we landed at the uh, airport at the airport at 2 o'clock in the morning, 30 degrees, and there was thousands of people there. And it was literally like it, I felt like a rock star getting off like <laughs> the little plane. I put my fingers up, and everybody just went crazy. So, um, no, the support here in western New York, you know, we're, we're excited to be back here in Rochester area allowing some of these fans who may not get to get to Buffalo all that much, um, get to come out here, show their support. And, again, I try to go out there. I try to sign for the kids. And uh, I remember being that kid, so um, make sure that I give a high five away or something. Did you get a big autograph when you were a kid? So there, there's a really cool story. Yeah. I don't I don't know if he minds me telling this story, but um, I was a big Giants fan, big Giants 49ers Warriors fan. And I went to a uh, Giants game. I got a Buster Posey ball. Wow. He came, he signed, and I was so excited. I went to grab the ball, and my finger swiped across the name. So it had, like, streak <laughs> marks in it you could barely make out, but I still put it up in my room. I ended up going to uh, my agency in uh, Nashville, CAA, and I actually talked to his agent. And I told him that story, and then a week later, I've got a bat signed by Buster Posey. So, (laughs) Buster, thank you. I'm a big fan, obviously, and uh, that was pretty cool. So, that was probably my biggest one. Uh, We had a Jerry Rice ball. Um, I think we had a Steve Young ball at one point. So, it it was pretty cool, you know. And, again, I remember being that kid, wanting the autographs, looking up to guys in my position, so it's the least I can do to wave, high five, fist bump, maybe sign a little something here or there. I can't sign any everybody's, but uh, I try to. Josh Allen, have a great year. Thank Thanks Peter. a lot. Appreciate you. Oh, for NBC Sports Bills Camp, this is Peter King. All the best to you. You still got it? Yeah, we got <laughs> it. Thank you. I'll see you. Oh. <laughs> we did it. Thank see you. Ya. Thanks a million. My thanks to Josh Allen and to Devonte Adams uh, for in some cases, kind of burying their soul a little bit. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, the honesty from, from both guys. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up on my training camp tour. Uh, next week, I will record this podcast in Nashville, where I will be visiting the Titans next Tuesday. Uh, in between now and then, Schedule's a bit in flux, but places I know I'll be, uh, I'll be at the Patriots on Thursday, I'll be at the Steelers on Saturday, and I'll be at the Bengals on Monday. Hopefully you'll hear from Joe Burrow next week on the podcast. That's my hope anyway. 
then after that, we uh, don't just drive everywhere. We're doing a little bit of flying after going to Na- after driving to Nashville. Uh, I'll see the Bucks. We'll see the Packers. Um, I'll make my first appearance in a few years at the Bears. Haven't seen the Bears in person in several years at training camp. Really looking forward to that. It's really, uh, it's kind of a brand new team. It's going to be very interesting to see what they have. Um, kind of with with a lot of changes made. New coach, no more Khalil Mack, a lot of no more Allen Robinson. A lot of very interesting things there. Um, after after that, uh, we'll see the Vikings uh, go to Kansas City. Then I'm going to take a couple days off and then resume the following Thursday in Denver, which obviously everybody's looking forward to seeing what Russell Wilson brings to the Broncos. After that, I'm going to hit most of the teams out West. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, go back a little bit to, to do Houston. I'm going to see the Houston-New Orleans preseason game, uh, see two teams that otherwise I wouldn't see in camp. I'll see the 49ers, see the, the Cardinals, uh, see all three teams in the L.A. area, uh, you know, Rams, Chargers, and the Cowboys who will be working against the Chargers the day I see them. Then after that, uh, I'll be starting to come back east. Uh, I'm going to go to a couple of preseason games that weekend. I know one will be uh, Indianapolis and Detroit on the Saturday afternoon of week two of the preseason. And then on Sunday, I'll see another game, and we'll see uh, which which one that, that will be, depending on developments and news. Anyway, that's kind of my camp trip the rest of the way. Uh, I'm going to miss some teams I really would like to see. I'd like to see Seattle. Just quite didn't work out this year. I'd like to see Baltimore and Philly. I don't think that's going to work out either. Uh, I'd like, really would like to see Miami. Um, but the day it would have worked is uh, a day that they're not practicing and they were unavailable. So I just, you, you can't see them all. You just can't see them all. And anyway, um, that is what we're doing the rest of the way. So hope you enjoyed this first podcast of the new season. And we'll talk to you from Nashville next week and from St. Joseph, Missouri the week after that as we continue a new year of the Peter King Podcast.